0: The Perfect Ten. With Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time radio award winner. Yeah, welcome to part two with Mark Ogre O'Mealy, the fearsome front row forward, intimidating character, larger than life, that we all love from the Bulldogs 2004 Premiership winning team. Ogre names his best 17 that he played with, and it includes some of the greatest players in rugby league history. Firstly, thank you to our naming rights partner Robson Civil Projects and as well as sponsoring the Perfect 10 and also V8 Supercars, Robson Civil Projects are also proud partners with the Danika Clark Foundation. I've been on the board for about 10 years, and this foundation is amazing. It helps athletes achieve their dreams. Since 2009, scholarships to the value of $250,000 has been handed out to athletes on the New South Wales Central Coast. And it's no surprise that Robson's, a family-run business for three generations, have jumped on board the Danika Clark Foundation. Also, a quick shout-out to our listeners overseas. We've got plenty of people listening in North America, so thank you. Also, Mexico, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, and also parts of Asia. So, thanks so much for tuning in, and let's get cracking with part two with Mark O'Mealy. We start by discussing the great coaches in rugby league. Look, Gus, I think,
1: 4 we had six or seven of us play Origin. Uh, the dogs, 0-4, oh, '04 didn't know it you know, middles and lefts and rights and all that where it was just in the middle and get up and go. And we learnt so much, all the Canterbury players that went there, so we sort of took that back to Clubland. And I think uh, we showed a bit more leadership with that. Where previously we were going into Origin coming back, but we were sort of playing individually where I think we brought back, you know, a few defensive systems and principles that that we understood about, you know, teams trying to move you around and and stuff like that. So I think that was really beneficial. Gus was probably the most intelligent coach I've had. Uh, Sticky, same same cloth as Gus, very similar. Uh, They're both so intense. They talk, you buy in, you wanna play for them. Benny's, Wayne Bennett's, you know, um, he always makes you feel comfortable and, and, you know, you do anything for your best mate, don't you? So he's got that approach. Pretty lucky with, with Benny. We had Craig Bellamy, assistant coach, and, and stuff like that. So we had quality people around us.
0: Your roommate back then, I think through that period, is Jason Stevens. He said you guys had a tender moment.
1: Oh, steve Stevo steve just watches The Simpsons, sings the church songs, and... In his own fantasy land. Um,
0: Wasn't there some rubbing of your, your bald head back then? Oh no! Some kind of massage.
1: But I, I always shave my head, and you know I can't reach behind my neck, so I'd get someone to to come and shave. And Steve, I was a bit awkward with that, but. Uh, No, Steve-O's just a big, full-of-life character. Um, I've had a lot of rumours. had Robbie Kearns when I first started, Steve-O.
0: Hey, uh, by the way, Steve-O said that your snoring could boost you into the stratosphere. I
1: don't know. I I don't have to deal with it, so
0: (laughs) I don't know. I've had my nose fixed a couple of times, but
1: yeah, I, I think the wife complains a bit about it too.
0: One of the great highlights, some people might say it's infamous, but it's the Bryce Gibbs night. Just before you answer that, let's relive what happened that night at ANZ Stadium. It was the clash of the heavyweights. It was brutal. Here's the commentary from Andrew Voss and also Peter Sterling. There are signs that he's coming back. Here's O'Meally.
1: All right. Some heavy contact up there with the shoulder. And then the head
0: hits the ground hard as well. What a night. Mark O'Mealy, Ogre, steamrolling over the top of Bryce Gibbs at ANZ Stadium. Ogre, have you seen or spoken to him since that night? And uh, the footage is absolutely incredible. The commentary is amazing as well. <laughs> you know, it's a different era, right? Yeah, it is a
1: different era. Um, you know, I've seen him a couple of times since, not heaps. Uh, it was good to see he uh, come back and played some decent footy at, at uh, Cronulla a couple of years later but yeah it, it probably rocked him a bit um, and fell a bit for him afterwards uh, but you know on the field what happens on the field stays on the field and uh, mate, that, that's how you play you've got to lead with, with passion and intent and show your team you know what your your power is and your intent and your leadership is for the team.
0: so uh, you go to England and I never realised that you played so many games over there. You've played almost a hundred. Tell us about that experience for you.
1: Yeah, I probably went over there too early. I was watching games and thinking, "Wow, look, Super League was pretty easy." But at the end, oh, it was hard. Like, I could feel my body was worn. And look, I loved it. I miss it. I had some great times over there. It's the same thing there. The culture and, and people in England, if you're playing hard and you're playing for the team, they'll get behind you. So I didn't have any problems over there fitting in, I, I guess, just because of my position and role. Uh, they got behind me. But, yeah, you know, I miss it, miss Hull. I've been watching a bit on in Super League and Challenge Cup games midweek and that the last few months. And, uh, yeah, they're going for a bit of a tough patch, but they also won two Challenge Cups when I left. So they've had a bit of a purple patch there as well.
0: Dave Fairley said if you don't play well in England... It can be a really tough time for an Aussie footy player
1: yeah that's right that's what I was trying to say like for me I was fine just because of how I played it suited the, the crowd they enjoyed it but there were so many people that went over there and didn't fit in so what well, was really hard I was watching like Sam Mower come back the Roosters he he done really well with us at hole and I was pushing you know pushing him to come back over and, and the Roosters give him a chance he won a grand final which is Really, really proud of what he'd done, but there were some players over there that struggled that come over and done really well. Elliot Whitehead was you know, going great guns at Bradford before he come over. Josh Hodgson was at Hull, done well at Canberra. So, Stiky's seen that. Uh, the Burgess twins, I thought they struggled at Bradford, but come over and played really well. So, I found that hard to accept that, you know, you're going well in the Super League, but players have ca- gone to the NRL that you've left from, but are going well. If that makes sense, so that was hard to watch because. I thought they struggled in the Super League, but then come over and went re- really well. So I was thinking, you know, have I come over too early? Uh, big Mason struggled over there, you know, sort of ran out of town, um, stuff like that. Uh, just he had visa issues, etc. and if you're not playing, you know, they, they think it's a waste of money having you there. So there was a lot of things that were conf- uh, confusing at the start, but then by the end of it, I, you know, I you know, really love the black and whites.
0: So you're revered now as one of the best Aussies to go to Hull?
1: Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to keep making the votes and and, and keep making their team. So, yeah, pretty lucky.
0: And you played a Challenge Cup Grand Final against Wigan?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got beat 16-10. So it was my last professional game. Sorry, first grade game. Uh, I'd done my MCL grade three in that game Um, and just tried to hang on as long as I could. My knee flopping around, but a bit of fun. That was amazing and I was glad to see they went on one-two after that. So, look, as much as I could have stayed on and played another year, uh, i come back and played here on the coast at Wong. Um, and it was time for me to, you know, get the kids home. They'd made, you know, so many sacrifices and followed me everywhere around the world. So it was time for them to, you know, make some friends and figure out what they were going to do in life.
0: Dave Fairley said to me that with the way you played, with your resilience and your toughness, that by the time you got to England... In those last couple of years, you were just absolutely busted. Look, what
1: before I went over there, I think they'd done a... Uh, telegraph done a story. I mean, I had like, a skeleton and like, 16 surgeries and blah, blah, blah. Look, i broke a lot of things, had a lot of operations. I've probably got a knee, back and a neck that play up, hands that swell now and again. But uh, look, I, I got every out of my body and I still get out. Run around with the kids. I was training kids last night. I love it. I love being out there. Uh, I love being around rugby league because it gives me everything. And, you know, some people, you know, I mightn't be their cup of tea or I mightn't be able to, I mightn't, you know, have the influence or they mightn't see what I see. But uh, uh, if I could try and help out and, and, and make someone believe that they can change their life or, or get an opportunity or a chance that can change their life, then I'll keep doing it.
0: Do you feel like you don't get enough recognition for your passing game? We've seen in the last few years just how skillful you are, like in the Legends of League. But your pass right at the line is probably as good as any front rower that we've seen in the modern era.
1: Yeah, I remember the first game at the Dogs. I put Shifty over under the posts with a tip on. He used to come in. I'd get him sitting out sort of third man on tip on. I always had a passing game. Uh, did it at Northern Eagles. No, did it mats. I think that's where, when I kept getting denied, told I can't do this and that, I went and put a car tyre and a rope and hung it off a tree and uh, would run and pass through it to practice on my own. Uh, I needed to have that. Then I'd try and mix up every third carrier pass to make the defenders, and I started learning, looking at the line, who's turned in, who's out, who's backpedalling, so I'd run at him, what to do. And then when we had them, you know, golden years, pretty easy. When I'd rice a Tassie sitting inside him, I'd catch a ball. I'd have Mason on right-hand side or Sonny sitting there where you know I could play flat and direct, and then I'd have Shifty or Braith at the back, uh, utilising the strength of our, our team. It was pretty easy. Um, yeah, probably not. I think I put Roy through a couple of times in a final. I, I find it weird when people say, oh, you had a passing game. They actually watched me play. I pass probably eight times a game.
0: Who are your best mates from rugby league? Oh, everyone. Like
1: That's the thing. Like, uh, I'd get personal grudges I'd hate. Coming in, I didn't care who you were. I would, uh, you know, that's that's how it is. But then after the game, I don't hold a grudge. I'm your friend. I'm your mate. Uh, I talk to blokes every day. That's one thing I'm proud of. That, you know, I keep in contact with everyone, and you know, you sort of form them relationships. Where I played in a lot of teams, a lot of players, and you know a lot of people. And my biggest fear is someone thinking I'm a dickhead.
0: Don't worry, that's my biggest fear as well. Did you uh, did you struggle retiring? mentally, or the fact that you've always been around the game meant that you've stayed connected? Uh, look,
1: when I retired, I said, I just can't wait to be normal and not go to the gym and not have to train and get this body going every day. And, and you know, if I want to have a beer enough afternoon, I can, Got could have been born after about three months, four months. So, you know, I played a little bit of Wyong here and there and then got into the coach. And like I said, I always need a reason or a purpose to do things. So I tried to up here the coast uh, with the Harold Mattson, Ball tried to put a team together to you know give the kids the opportunity. and you know Your best kids are coming from your second division teams or not your teams that win. Look at Broncos at the moment. All their kids that have come through won everything in Queensland by the origin, 18s and 20s when I beat them. But no, um, they've won everything. So they've never had to face any tough challenges. This year when they all come through and they're playing and they're playing against teams that have got resilience, have struggled. So that's a massive factor up there. I've tried to do that up here because 'cause we've always had a, a thing on the coast where the teams that win the comp we pick all their players. But our progression to go through has been pretty low. So you find your, your players that make it through are the kids that have got a bit of resilience, learn how to, you know, deal with losing, and not winning all the time. You know, learnt with with some life some real life challenges where we're hand feeding and, and making supersides and poaching kids from everywhere, which we do on the coast. We're not teaching our kids good habits, so I'm from normalics. We didn't win a thing, (laughs) and uh, you know we get through. I'm really proud up here. We've had some stuff, and the president up here and that have really jumped on board with you know. And New South Wales, look, we can't move so many players if you're from a top four team. You can't move to a top four team, etc. So they are starting to put these in place because we're finding this era of kids coming through that can't handle criticism, don't know how to deal with losing, etc. And I can go on all day about it. Social media creates that. You know, my son, my daughter's the best player in the world, blah, blah, blah. Talk each other up. They, they create, you know, problems. We're not teaching our kids, you know, life life
0: values and,
1: and life lessons.
0: It's funny you say that because two of the kids that have really uh, performed extremely well in the NRL this year, kids like Tom Starling at Canberra who got an opportunity and a young man who I guess... Yeah, Probably really struggled for a while this year because he went to fullback at the Cowboys and then look at the way he finished Scott Drinkwater with some of the best cutout balls we've seen in 2020.
1: Yeah, and that that's what I'm trying to say is the ones that make it are the ones that learn how to deal with losing or getting knocked back. Who's your hero outside of footy? Uh, hero outside of footy in life? Uh, one of my favourites, Denzel Washington. I always read his stuff daily, his quotes and that. So Denzel's really inspiring... Uh, he's been one of my favourite actors. For me, I'm black and white, there's no grey. You sit in the middle, you know, you, you either know it's wrong or you know it's right, and that's with rugby league, you either know when to run, know when you missed a tackle, know when you've done something wrong. So for me, it's just pretty much black and white.
0: Ogre, we're going to step through your 1-17, to 17. then I've just got a couple more questions that don't really relate to rugby league and then we're done on the perfect 10 I tell you it's been such a pleasure to have you let's get cracking so this is the best 17 that you played with or against
1: yeah uh, I've just put who I've played with um, sorry if I've missed anyone out it's pretty tough it's very hard I've been fortunate enough to play with so many great players but got Anthony Minichella at fullback. Luke Lewis I've put him on the wing I had to fit him in somewhere he started with us in Origin on the wing uh, for those who don't remember but that's where he was
0: and he wins two premierships
1: yeah out at Penrith, and then the Sharks, so in two different positions. Uh, one looking young and fresh, skinny kid, and one looking old, batted up. But uh, Luke Lewis was, was great in the, in them seasons when he was at Penrith on the edge. Um, Greg Inglis, Willie Tonga, probably underrated, but you know that left foot step, that shimmy was you know, class. We knew, just get the ball early to him.
0: Yeah, dynamite. Uh, just with GI too, don't forget, you said about Luke Lewis playing in different positions same with GI. So he wins a Clive Churchill at 58 and then, you know, absolutely sensational at fullback yeah. and centre.
1: I mean, fullback 58 pretty similar these days and they were back then. GI, you know, just a great fella, great kid. mean, great, you know, when when I played with him it was just great to be. You know, see these kids coming through.
0: Did you see him on Australian Story? Uh no, I didn't. Fantastic. If you get a chance take a look at it because he spoke a lot about uh you know mental health and yeah. uh, i love what a lot of the players are doing they're finding their voice in that space yeah well um matt utah
1: geez you could not pick him in team he helped me every time get the go for it. he would just start the, the back five Yeah,
0: the keg on wheels
1: i'm a day older and we connected pretty well when we got the club and i looked at him he turned up in the car and it was rusted out and it looked like i'd been firebombed and i thought who the hell is this guy and um <laughs> We played together. I was suspended. I come over from Northern Eagles where I'd spear-tackled Shane Webke, so I was sitting out of suspension. Me and Maddie played in reserve grade, and I think we, we went pretty well. We tore it up, and next week we we're, uh, next minute we were uh, in first grade.
0: Maddie Utah is a great story because Gavin Lester was in front of him on the wing at Canterbury, and I think Gavin got injured. Maddie came in, scored a hat-trick of tries. What a player.
1: Mate, he, he was outstanding. He was you know, he's another underrated player what he did for us. And then you'd talk to players at Roosters and they used to hate him, just his metres, his, how hard he ran, his effort. Uh, you know, it, it was great. And he was a poor trainer, so it was pretty funny. We'd watch him train and he'd, you'd be waddling around and you'd get him on that field and he'd go, go ballistic for you.
0: What about your next two players... Wow. You know, two of the greatest the game's ever seen.
1: Look, I was lucky enough. These guys I played with in Origin, and the more mature players and they showed lots of leadership. And this is what I talk about, where your halves need to lead your game. Uh, You know, you had Freddie and Joey in Origin. Uh, You know, I was lucky enough to play. When Freddie came out of retirement in Origin to win, played with him earlier, and then Joey was the same. So, uh... And they were leaders, they'd just tell you, get here, get that, get me a win, do this, do that, and you'd do it. Where I find now of our structure, players just get to a region because that's where they're told to get to, and they'll run sideways to get there, they haven't hurt the right, they mightn't get a quick play of the ball, etc. Uh, where these players were actually playing eyes up, reading the game, seeing what's in front of them, jam it there, yep, it's on, let's go, they'd play what's in front of them. So that was unreal. It's hard to you know, not mention you know Brett Sherwin and, and um, you know Jonathan Thurston, two great halves, and then you've got... I was lucky enough to play Bray for Nasta, Mitchell Pierce. There's so many I can you know rattle off.
0: And when you talk about Joey, when you watch the Michael Jordan, the Last Dance, you know Joey's our rugby league version of Michael Jordan, right? Like uh, in terms of uh, just a competitor,
1: Joey was awesome. And like I said, them guys, that leadership they showed in them halves, you know, that's. That's why I've got them there. The other guys were just as skillful. just, they've got, they had great leadership.
0: Now, to make the forward pack in Ogres' best 17 is a badge of honour. Who have we got?
1: Oh, this is tough. Uh, Obviously, I put Bedsy at at nine. Uh, Petro, I room with four toys, and, you know, I think he was the hardest guy. I hit him as hard as I could one game at Penrith when I was playing at Roosters. I seen his eyes roll a little bit, and uh, I said, I got you, and, uh, and I got up and he tore my hit pointer off. So, he got me. He played on. He came off for a bit and played on. And yeah, I I uh, couldn't run. So he he's probably best player I've, I've played with in the middle. Like so all round consistent. WebQ was always the ultimate competitor that I wanted to beat. That always you know went up against. Uh, and you know another from that old era. You know he, he's got that mentality and that aura about him like, uh, like, like you know the Joey and Freddie and that had. You know. But I played with, you know, New Zealand captains and that like Roy Uh These guys, it's so hard because I had so many good middles I'd played with. Back row, I put Mason in back row. When Mace wanted to play, he could play. It's just when he wanted to play. But he was the same. He probably played seven good games out of ten. Big Mace, uh powerful thing. It took him a while to realise how powerful he could have been. But, uh, you know, a good mate. And then you got Andrew Ryan who worked for every, every reward he got. Everything he did, he worked hard for. And uh so humble. Yeah, and uh we've been having a bit of a fun battle this year. My two sons playing at Wyong and he's coaching South Newcastle have been the same comp, so I think they've been in the last two times, so I'll just keep asking Bobcat who won. Uh you know, knowing Andrew he'll probably get his boys up in uh, for the finals. So who rolls in at lock forward? Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, another one. As you can see, everything I've picked, uh, competitors.
0: I'll tell you what else you got. you got a bunch of Clive Churchill medalists. So Fitzy wins a Clive Churchill, Willie.
1: I should have won Willie's, he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I haven't even noticed Yeah, beggy's won one, Petro's won one. Look, there's heaps there. G.I. G.I., Joey. Luke Lewis. Luke Lewis. Yeah, look, no, yeah, Craig Fitzgibbon, as you can see, the trend, uh, you know, competitive people. Look, Fitzy... Would not let you. He wanted to win every kick chase. He didn't want to give you an inch. Everything he done, he led with, He squeezed everything he had out of his body. You know, people talk about self-preservation and throw your name up in and out of that. Craig Fitzgibbon was the ultimate. Like, he put his body through everything it had.
0: I tell you, he's going to be a great head coach too when, when he gets an opportunity in the NRL. Who's rolling off the bench?
1: Uh, Sonny Bill. Look, Just class. We've seen that. We knew that when he come through. Class, you know, shots. The rules change. Shoulder charges gone. But but then he just reinvents himself. You know, offload, etc. Sonny just powerful, power, power. Young early Katoa's got a little bit of it in him. At the Warriors, I've seen this year. So he's going to be a, young, a good young player.
0: I am on record saying Sonny is the best junior that I've ever seen. Like when he was coming through the Canterbury no, system.
1: Yeah, we, that's what I said earlier. We used to go watch him, and you could tell. You knew he was going to be a standout.
0: Just a little injury prone at first, wasn't he? And every time he'd go down, you'd be yeah. concerned. But who else is on your bench?
1: Uh, Jonathan Thurston, like I said, another young kid, or just a competitor. John O was always told no, 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 little. But he just kept turning up, turning up, turning up. Like everything, the field, his support, and he's pushing until he found his, his niche. Uh, outstanding kick and game. Oh, I'm proud of what man, or who's become. He become a great leader, and uh, what he done at the Cowboys, outstanding. Got Beaver in there as well, who we can't not have Beaver. I played that many games with Beaver, you know, throughout my career, whether it was uh, whether it was at Manly, Origin, Australia, even when I went to England, he's still over there playing. I'm going, when are you going to retire, Beaver? Well, his last game was like the week before my last game or something over there in England. I'm going, you're like. 10 years older than me. He could have played on. He, uh, When I got there, they used to get into him at Manly saying, uh, he looks like he hasn't played a game of footy. He's been playing for 10 yeah. years because he just hangs out on the edge and comes in to score the tries. Well, he'd done that for another 20 years. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had a great career.
0: Uh, You're 17. Yeah. It's interesting. Last of all, uh, Denny Houghton.
1: Played over in Hull. Loved England. And the, we had a couple of young hookers coming through. And Denny Houghton, you know, put his body through hell. He wanted challenge cup the other year got men of steel make the effort and that he never give up there's a try there if you watch the grand final they're about to score and he pulls him down just an inch off the line to win him the game uh, them efforts and that you see and, and that and you played with these guys you know you're proud to hopefully had an influence on them or, or uh, you know to have, have been around them
0: mate I wouldn't mind just spending a little more time talking about Sandy did she used to critique every game you ever played
1: uh, the boys are told yeah mate yeah uh, mate she used to text me after games and get up me for not doing this or not doing that or, or I didn't run in or I didn't, you know, help out the boys here and that. Uh, she was my best critic, kept me level head. I think if she didn't, I might have lost my way a little bit, but, you know, i put that down to the whole family.
0: What about her as a fighter, like overcoming breast cancer?
1: Yeah, she had some tough times. Um, obviously, any lumps and that now is still pretty scary. Um, I had a couple this year uh, and they've been cleared, but, yeah... Uh, yeah, you know, it's just what we are. you just got to put together and, and fight through it.
0: The final thing I want to talk about on the podcast is you do a lot of work for charity. Now, in 2020, we've been talking about a pandemic worldwide, but do you feel like there's an epidemic oh. maybe where we live? Uh, you know, because there's a lot of people that have really struggled and that's the space that you kind of help out as much as you can. Yeah,
1: look, um, we're going to go through a lot of issues with you know, m- mental health, I think, well-being. Uh, people, you know, struggling. It's been hard. I've only been out of the bubble for three days. <laughs> I was in a bubble for 22 weeks, so I'm a little bit the same, a little bit mentally all over the shop, but refocus and, and go through. You know, I've, I've been out doing club visits already to do what I love doing, to get back out there. Look, people are thinking, oh, you go straight to the pub, go to the races, you know. We well, do, but for me, my satisfaction is getting out there. We've got our finals coming up on the coast, so trying to help out where I can. Look, you, you try, and, try and just look at like i said here before the whole you'll notice my whole story my whole life is about having a purpose and finding the purpose and then your determination you get your uh all your motivation to do it and then and then you you, you set off to achieve them goals so for me and my team my top 17 here all of these guys have had purpose and motivation um and i think that's a good healthy environment uh, and a good good way for your mind, you know, good space for your mind.
0: I think all those guys too had huge setbacks at times, on and off the field. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think so, and and I think that's why uh, you know it makes these guys special. And I think that's what makes you know we can help people understand that that nothing's perfect. It's not a picture that's on Facebook that of the beach. Like every there's rough roads everywhere we go and rough seas. We need to um, we need to accept accountability, criticism learn from our mistakes and become better people.
0: If I say the words rugby league, what does it mean to Mark O'Meally?
1: My life. Pretty easy. Oh, everything, that's what I love doing. It's given me everything, so I'm not going to... Uh, I hate there's nothing worse than a NRL player thinking the game owes him something. You know, The game gave you everything, that's how I see it.
0: Anything else you want to say on the perfect 10?
1: Uh, not really, just don't make me look bad. and I'll be <laughs> right, I'll be happy.
0: Man, it's been a pleasure. Love watching you play. You're a pretty intimidating character, particularly when I first met you. Then, just part of a rock star footy team in 2004. Back to back legends of league champions. Great to see you, Oaks.
1: No problem, Steve. And uh, hopefully, you can keep up the good work, mate. Uh, enjoyed doing the podcast, Brings back some memories. And uh, thank Robson Civil for making this possible. <music>
0: So, Mark O'Meally, The Ogre, hope you've enjoyed it, and we really see another side to such an intimidating character. I've got to say, he's far too humble. He actually does so much work for charity. I'm moving emotion that he receives honours at a much higher level. Now. He won't want them, but I believe he needs to be recognised for his work in the community. And I've got to say thanks again, Mark, for being so open, honest and candid on The Perfect Ten. As always, we do it thanks to our great mates at Robson Civil Projects. Right now they've got numerous projects on the go, including Waterford Living in the beautiful Hunter Valley, Radcliffe at Y-E, which is in conjunction with Stephen's Group, not far from the motorway and also close to everything the Central Coast has to offer, and their huge operation continues at Erskine Park in Sydney. Quick shout-out too to Scotty, who's been with the business for three decades. Great story on the Facebook page about what a dedicated and legendary employee he has been for 30 years. Good on you, Scotty, and thanks for being an integral member of the robson Sybil family in 2020. Thanks for listening, hope you're well, and we'll catch you next time.
1: The Perfect Ten.